winning season has officially returned. And with NFL Preseason Live, there are plenty of opportunities to win at MyBookie. Whether you're a seasoned better or a first-timer, MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. To claim your bonus, sign up and use promo code ZABE on your first deposit, and you'll instantly double your money with MyBookie. It's simple. 250 puts $500 in your account, and you can use your funds to bet on as many individual games, contests, or props as you want. Bet on team win totals. Predict the Super Bowl winner. Use the MyBookie Prop Builder to give yourself the edge you need to secure the bag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the ZapeCast, it's a solo show because I've got a bandolier of 40 caliber truth and I'm ready to sling some lead. Wouldn't want innocent contributors to this podcast hit by stray fragments of the unspeakable truth. Now would I? The punt god mess in Buffalo, Rogers on Rogan, and another near Sean Taylor tragedy in D.C. Your 30-minute daily dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Go! Oh, here we go! Tuesday, August 30th, 2022. Thank you for downloading. We're running out of August. We're burning August, and that's a good thing, I think. I'll be sad when summer is gone, but it just means fall is coming, and it is the most wonderful time. There'll be footballs a-slinging and parlays to betting and da-da-da-da. Okay, enough of that nonsense. Today, it's just you and I. Because there's so many news stories I've got to talk about. And I've come to learn that not everybody is comfortable about talking like adults about topics in sports that may be controversial to some. And... Remember, we're living in an age in which everything is controversial to somebody. So there's two big stories that I didn't get much into on my radio show, although I did with the punt god disaster unfolding in Buffalo with uh, Mike Keller, who I respect to the moon and back, and I feel bad that I let him down an alley that he wasn't comfortable with, and I said I would not do it again. But basically, we're discussing the merits of whether or not the NFL's legal system or shield justice should mirror our actual justice system, which is innocent until proven guilty, not accused, not rumored, not speculated to be guilty, but proven guilty. And I believe that the NFL has it entirely backwards. And I believe that this is just yet another case that is going to severely test the wisdom of Roger Stoko Goodell. Senator's son, born on third base. The Peter Principal embodied as he has risen to a $30 million a year job with not really a lot of smarts up top, but he knows how to kiss ass and take bullets for the owners. So Matt Ariza, I think I'm saying that right. The punt god from San Diego State just hits absolute foot missiles and has been the talk of preseason. But now he's the talk of everybody because a young woman 
who was 17 at the time, which is technically underage. Matareza was, I think, 20, which I think may technically be statutory rape, but I'm going to leave that aside for the moment, has accused Areza and several other men of gang rape. That's bad. So Whoopi Goldberg once said on The View about Roman Polanski, it wasn't rape, rape, which many people had a field day with because of how it sounded. But I understand where Whoopi was coming from. Not that I really endorse or defend sex with minors in any way, shape, or form, unless, like I said, if you're a 19-year-old and you're having sex with a 17-year-old, it's very close. Plus, the statutory limit, differs state by state, but here was, here was Whoopi Goldberg. I had to take a second to go find it because you'll be surprised. You type in Whoopi Goldberg, rape, rape, the view, and under the typical algorithm on YouTube, does not come up. You got to poke at it a couple different ways. They don't want you to see this again. Funny how that is. was not charged. I know it wasn't rape, rape. Yeah, there is a statutory. I, I, child molest, maybe? I'm I not sure it was, it was child something. Molest. It was something else, but I don't believe it was rape, rape. And when we get all the information, somebody else. <laughs> okay. So, rape, statutory rape, lowest level. Date rape, next level. I would say that, uh, I don't know, kidnapping rape, third level, uh, all the way up to rape murder, the worst thing possible. What happened with the punt god, Matt? Ariza, Ariza, Ariza in college. We don't know yet. This is all still very emerging. It allegedly happened from an on-campus party back in October of 2021, so less than a year ago. There is no criminal charges being leveled against Ariza or the other men as of this time. And they, it, the woman has filed a civil lawsuit, which is going to also spur a criminal investigation. In other words, this is kind of tracking in a similar manner to Trevor Bauer. So the question is, what should the Bills have done? What should they have known? And when was it reasonable for them to have known it? Now, the uh, details on this are interesting because according to, let's see here. Oh, okay, I got it up right here. It became clear, writes the AP's Rob Maadi, it became clear the Bills did not know about the lawsuit prior to selecting Ariza in the sixth round of the 2022 NFL Draft, although several other teams did, per Maadi's reporting. Brandon Bean, the team's GM, said the team got the, quote, boulders of what was being accused by the one young woman. Well, what does that mean? The, the larger, not the granule, but the, the boulders of it. Identified only as Jane Doe in the civil suit, when her lawyer Dan Gillian spoke to the Bills' assistant general counsel, Catherine D'Angelo, on either July 30th or July 31st. That was two minutes ago. Like, they found out about this from the attorneys literally, well, not literally, almost two minutes ago, end of July. It's barely the end of August right now. Bean also mentioned that Ariza might have said something about the accusations in June, however, so that's a bit problematic. After the Times, LA Times article was published on Thursday, the Bills put out an official statement that said the team had conducted a, quote, thorough examination of this matter, for which the AP's Maadi wrote, 
the investigation that clearly failed. It was a thorough inv- examination that clearly failed. <laughs> the fact the team kept Ariza on the team proceeded to make him the starting punter and that McDermott's appearance on Pardon My Take, during which he called Ariza a great kid, unquote, while knowing the disturbing details of the accusation is not sitting well with analysts across the league. Well, if I may ask a simple question, what if he's innocent? <gasps> I know. Crazy idea, right? Well, I mean, to even be accused, it means you're probably doing something wrong. You, shouldn't, you should conduct yourself in a manner if you know you're going to be in the NFL so you steer a million miles clear of all of these. Oh, really? That's how the world works now? Really? It's that easy? Really? What are you going to do, bubble wrap yourself? Now, again, it's quite possible he's guilty as shit and that he is a scumbag who deserves to go to prison. But here's the key. We don't know it yet. And so the NFL and their shield court is going to swing into action doing what it does best, which is to rush ahead and to take a guy off the field and put him in storage and parking. Although what's weird is that this happened before he became an NFL player. So according to one report I saw, he wouldn't be subject to league discipline, but he's unemployable right now by the Bills. By the way, I don't disagree with the Bills cutting him because it is too much of a distraction. They do have a Super Bowl team on their racket, and they don't have the time or bandwidth to deal with this. I get all that. But what if he's innocent? What if he is like the Duke lacrosse case? One of the great miscarriages of justice in modern sports history. What about Quintez Cephas, the young wide receiver at Wisconsin who was accused in campus court, the kangaroo campus courts, about of uh, sexual misconduct or sexual assault. Eventually cleared, but it took a year and a season out of his career and was never quite the same. In the case of Deshaun Watson, he was never charged with, much less convicted of a crime, but it seemed like clearly the pattern was he was a serial creeper. That's not good. I was okay with a suspension from the league to a certain degree, but they want to press it you know, to a level where you're like, you don't know exactly what happened in all those cases. Trevor Bauer is the case that really is a head scratcher if you care about innocent till proven guilty because he was never charged, never convicted. The woman clearly left evidence that said she wanted exactly what she got from him, which was rough sex. It was just so shocking to hear the details of it that it made otherwise regular folks go, what the fuck? So Bauer's now been suspended for two years and is due to lose $50 million, but most people are like, fuck it, who cares? That creep is an asshole, I don't care. Well, here's the thing about caring about principles that keep a civil society free and civil. You sometimes have to care more about the principle than the person. You have to be willing to swallow a bit of unpleasantness, like the thought of the punt god possibly being a rapist, possibly punting this season for the Bills, and then possibly being arrested and put in jail sometime in December. If you believe in the system of, hey, you're innocent until proven guilty. Here was Brandon Bean talking about it 
to the media and what they knew and when they knew it, basically. We just can't, we don't have the means to put all the facts together. And um, there's multiple versions of, of what happened. And, and, you know, he's a football coach, I'm a GM. Like, we, we don't have access to everything. And so that's more important than playing football. And so we want Matt to focus on that. Would this, would this have raised any red flags during the scouting process? Had, had you known about this, or did you know about this? And had you known about this, would it have raised any red flags um, when it came to draft? Yeah, I mean, we did not know about this, and the league did not know about this. And, you know, I know people are out there trying to find out. There's no one. We've reached out to, I can tell you, double-digit teams at this point, and no one had anything on this this was these names were sealed whatever wherever the investigation was at that point john um yes if we had this um and we get things like this from guys you you know how important the character and the culture is to sean and me and anything that would have been lingering that would have been off our board yeah so there was brandon bean again i believe the nfl is a backwards i believe much like in our regular legal system where Normal rules apply, discovery, cross-examination, innocent until proven guilty. I believe in the premise of tis better to let 10 guilty men go free than to put one innocent man in jail. That should apply in the NFL, even though it's a privilege. I know it's a privilege to play in the NFL. And this is just one job, punting in the NFL. Stocking aisle six at Home Depot is another job, and he could go get that job. It pays a hell of a lot less, but still. Anyhow, we'll see how it plays out. There is uh, now the, the tut-tutting from the usual corners in the media of, how dare you didn't cut him right away? That you left him on the roster but then held him out of the final preseason game. How dare you? Jarrett Bell, USA Today. Shamefully, he writes, the Bills' brain trust made the decision to detach themselves from a player accused of a heinous crime only after the lawsuit became public. When should they have? If they didn't know until the lawsuit went public, the AP's John Wawro tweeted, there's little doubt the Bills flubbed the Ariza Azaria situation. Azaria? Am I saying his name wrong? I thought it was Ariza. Ariza, and this is a typo in the story. Mm Mm-hmm, yep. The Bills flubbed it, says this AP writer. Again, what would have been perfect exactly? He said they were informed of the allegations in late July. Some of the information was available as early as June in an LA Times story. Uh, again, what, according to Bean, quote, Matt's version was different. We're trying not to rush to judgment. You want to get everyone as much due process as you can. We're not a judge and jury. Brandon Bean. I agree with that. So, a San Diego police investigation has been turned over to the district attorney's office to determine whether to pursue charges. DA spokeswoman Tanya Sierra said Friday there is no timeline as to how long a decision will take. It could and probably will drag on for some time, just like the Bauer case. And then, we'll see what happens. Tough deal, could be a scumbag. I'd rather these guys be able to play and not be suspended until they are 
charged with, at least charged with, at least charged with, but preferably convicted of or acquitted or convicted of or copping to a plea deal. Of course, if you let them play while they are charged, then they could just stretch out the process, plead down later, and they would have been playing all along knowing, hey, I'm not going to. I'm not going to fight this when it's all said and done. But then, then again, even a plea deal is not necessarily an admission of guilt. It is a plea bargain to say, look, mercy, I can't fight this anymore. I don't want to fight this anymore. I don't think I'm going to win in front of a jury. So if you give me less, I'll take it. It's a messy deal. On to another messy deal. Aaron Rodgers was on the Joe Rogan experience talking about why he said he was immunized and not vaccinated last year. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Quick three-minute, <clears throat> three-minute click, three-minute clip, and then I'll have comments afterwards. But, so they knew my vaccination status from the start, um, as did all my teammates. There was a lot of talk about I endangered my teammates and, you know, I lied to my teammates and my team from Day one that I returned, which was July 25th, probably, of 2021, they knew where I was at. Everybody did. Also on the side, I had an appeal going with the NFL because I said, look, here's my uh, health issues. Here's the protocol I went through. Here's the research behind it. Gave them 500 pages of research from a number of people that put together uh, case-reviewed studies around homeopathy and... uh, and immunizations and the safety in them and the, also the efficacy of them. And then I had a conversation with the league and the league said in this conversation, this is when I knew that my appeal was definitely not going to happen was they said, it's not possible for a vaccinated player a person, sorry, to contract or transmit COVID if they've been vaccinated. And I said, you gotta be kidding me. Cause I showed up, and five people, non-players, five people fully vaxxed are out with COVID. So what are you talking about? And he said, you're a conspiracy theorist. Oh, boy. And I said, <laughs> no, I just think I'm a realist. Oh, I'm boys, just right. looking at the facts here. Like what you just what told point me, in the pandemic was this? This was like beginning of August, 2021. So after this conversation with the league, I knew that my appeal was going away. And they were doing this. I call it a witch hunt, you know, where they were asking every single player, are you vaccinated? Yes, you know, they, they were. They were asking a bunch of big quarterbacks, and some guys were saying, you know, it's, you know, you know, it's personal or whatever. You know, didn't want to talk about their status. And that almost guaranteed you weren't vaccinated, right? So then they were getting ripped, and certain guys said, yes, I'm vaccinated. And, you know, then they tried to get them to say shit about their teammates, you know, <laughs> who weren't vaccinated, like dogged their teammates out. So I've been ready the entire time for this question and had thought about how I wanted to answer it. And I had come to the conclusion, I'm going to say, I've been immunized. And if there's a follow-up, then talk about my process. But thought there's a possibility that I say I'm immunized. Maybe they understand what that means. Maybe they don't. Maybe they follow up. They didn't follow up. So then I go the season, them thinking, some of them, that I was vaccinated, right? Because the only follow-up they asked was, 
basically asking me to rip on my teammates. Like, what do you say to your teammates who aren't vaccinated? Like, what kind of example do you feel like you're setting, you know, to your teammates who aren't vaccinated? I said, hey, it's everybody's own decision with their body, and we're super healthy individuals. We take care of ourselves. We understand what goes in our bodies, and I don't have any judgment on any decision that a guy makes with their own body. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, Rogers was right. So was a lot of people who put their reputations at stake, their jobs at stake, and got banned from social media. He didn't even go as far as to say these vaccines are junk, they're not going to work. Nobody really knew it at the time. However, I do remember I said at some point as 2020 wore on and we're getting closer to, hey, there might be a vaccine, I think I said, what if the vaccine doesn't work? Well, we're now seeing it just because it, well, it works just doesn't, it prevents you from dying. It prevents you from going to the hospital. That's the comeback now, the shifting of the goalposts. Uh, Yeah, okay, well, there are some data to say that that's the case, but there's a whole mountain of stuff that says, yeah, probably not. Rogers was right. Some wished he hadn't lied and he had been more upfront like the Cole Beasleys of the world, but he would have been the highest profile quarterback to be out there and he didn't want to take the shit. So he hard counted the media. Hot, 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 immunized. Hot, hot. Are you vaccinated? Yeah, I'm immunized. And then they jump off sides, flags fly. Ha ha, gotcha. Oh, you dirty trickster. You hard counted us. You weren't totally honest. No, you didn't do your job. You fucked up. So I love it that Rodgers pantsed the media and collectively made them look stupid and lazy and only interested in their narrative. Like you said, they just wanted him to shame teammates. They didn't think, wait, did you just say immunized? What does immunized mean exactly? Anyhow, the longer clip, 14 or so minutes was fascinating. Just Rogers talking about the things they couldn't do as unvaccinated players, about seven guys on the Packers that were unvaccinated, having to work out separately and masks. They had to wear a wristband. None of it stopped the spread. That's the thing. So, yeah, you want to know my thoughts on Rogers and going on Rogan? He's right. And guess what? He and other people should pack it up everyone's asses that were wrong. But the people that are wrong, huh, they're just changing the subject or moving along or outright saying, well, no, I never said that. Because as the saying goes, it's easier to fool somebody, it's easier to fool somebody than to convince them they've been fooled. And it's even harder once you may have succeeded against all odds to convince them. Hey, they fucking fooled you. They lied to you. It's even harder for, to get those people to admit, yes, I was fooled. Yes, I was lied to. And yes, I'm mad about it. And yes, I'm not going to take it again. I'm going to change how I view the authorities, the government, big pharma, big media, you name it. Very hard to do that. And of course, the most spectacular liar of all is the retiring little elf. Joe, or excuse me, uh, Anthony Fauci. 
Here was Fauci. No, I, I, I don't, uh, Neil. And in fact, so I Neil Cavuto. Need to make sure that your listeners understand, I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. And the only way to do that is by draconian means of essentially shutting down the country. We know that we can do that if we shut down. Well, I think one of the things you really need to do to the extent that you can shut down Mm. temporarily Mm. the country, I think is important. Well, if I knew at the time that shutting down would have such a dramatic effect on controlling the spread, obviously we would have shut down earlier. There are those who say you shut down your destructive things by disrupting the economy. And others say, well, if you save so many infections by shutting down, why didn't you shut down two weeks earlier? But I don't regret saying that the only way we could have really stopped the explosion of infection was by essentially, um, I want to say shutting down. I mean, essentially having the physical separation and the kinds of recommendations that we've made. You've been a big fan of Cuomo and the shutdown in New York. You've lauded New York for their policy. New York had the highest death rate in the world. How could we possibly be jumping up and down and saying, oh, Governor Cuomo did a great job. He had the worst death rate in the world. No, you misconstrued that, Senator. (laughs) Don't let the door... So there you go. It's just amazing. Yeah, you technically didn't shut anything down because you're not the president, but you advocated for it and you had the ear of not just one, but two presidents who said, okay, we'll do it. There was also a clip of the Fauci effect that he talked about at some symposium. You know how many awards Fauci has been given during this for being so dead wrong? By the way, it frustrated me that in the Neil Cavuto article or Neil Cavuto interview, he didn't get a follow-up in saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're making a semantic point, Dr. Fauci. Of course, you didn't physically shut anything down. You don't have that power. You advocated for it strongly on multiple occasions. Here are the clips. Would you like to see them? That's what I wish Cavuto could have, been, could have done, but either he didn't want to press him too hard or he just missed the opportunity. But talk about ego and narcissism. Here was Fauci talking at a symposium about the so-called Fauci effect. There on the news again, talking about himself and his effect on others. I'll let the soundbite speak for itself and then get your reaction. Listen to this. It's called the Fauci effect, which is sort of like, you know, as trust me, I'm, I, I don't get excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get excited about that. Just let me... Mm. In my pants right now. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but I mean, it's, 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 it's nice, but you know, am I seeing any money from it? Do I get another million dollar award for this? I, I, people go to medical school now. People are interested in science, not because of me, because people. No, no, they don't want to because of you, St. Fauci. Now, most people don't know me. Who no, they don't know you. I am. My- They've barely seen you on TV. They're like, who is this guy? My friends know me. My wife knows me, but people don't know me. It's what I symbolize. And what I symbolize, symbolize. In, a, in an era of the normalization of untruths and lies 
and and all the things you're seeing going on in society from January 6th to everything else that goes on, people the craving for consistency, for integrity, for truth, and for people caring about people. Caring about people. By the way, this symposium was in August. Small room, Fauci's not masked, his interviewer's not masked. All of the fucking lemmings in the audience. Can you guess it? Masked. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, love is a strange thing, isn't it? Bradley Cooper, easily one of the dreamiest, most eligible bachelors in all of Hollywood, is now apparently dating ex-Anthony Weiner wife, Huma Abdeen. Yes, the willowy Middle Eastern American aide to Hillary Clinton. What is her ethnic background? For Washington... On a Washington scale of 1 to 10, she's pretty good. Uh, again, judging only on politicians and those in the swamp. Swamp creature scale, Huma Abdeen, 7. But for Bradley Cooper, well, apparently it's love because the two of them are now apparently dating. When it comes to women, I don't mind seeing good-looking women on television. It's what television was made on, built on. But I was a little bit disturbed at the second episode of Hard Knocks in which they focused on the Hutchinson family in their new luxury suite, which is an interesting twist because I'm on St. Brown. I'm on Ra St. Brown, brother of Equinemius and son of his father who was Mr. Olympia, I believe, big weightlifting guy who they featured prominently in the episode, his dad's sitting in the stands and he's like, look up there at the Hutchinsons. They're enjoying that new suite they got because that's what $20 million of signing bonus can buy you. And I'm thinking, what a scam. These teams sign top picks to massive deals, then turn right around and sick their sales department in the luxury suite division on them to go, hey, you want to buy one of these? You know, your son is the number one pick in the draft. He can't be sitting out there with a bunch of... Sh- you, you and your family can't just be sitting out with the unwashed masses. It'll be cost-effective. You're going to have lots of friends and family. Just get a suite. We'll give you a discount because he's on the team. So they're up in the suite. They're showing him as he makes his first plays as a professional in game number two. And it's focusing only on Mama Hutchinson 
and her two daughters. And they are all quite lovely. She is a very put-together, middle-aged woman. Beautiful. Lots of makeup, but beautiful. And her daughters are also very lovely as well. And it was a three-shot of the women, one, two, three, in a row. Cut out of the picture was dad. (laughs) And I'm like, so you're telling me his dad, who played in the NFL, doesn't have any emotions, reactions, anything to say? Can't make this a four-shot exactly? No, let's crop it. Let's make it a three-shot of the women only. And they spent an inordinate amount of screen time, tight shot, on the three ladies as they watched their brother and their son out there performing. Lovely family, I'm sure. But it was just a little bit, I don't know, weird. Brian Robinson carjacked and shot in Washington, D.C. Almost potentially another Sean Taylor situation with the Washington Commanders, formerly the Washington football team, formerly the Washington Redskins. Thankfully, he is going to survive and is going to, quote-unquote, be fine, even though he was shot in the leg and the hip. Brian Robinson, third-round pick, running back out of Alabama, one of many great running backs that Nick Saban and the Tide have produced, was already beating out, essentially, the fumble-prone Antonio Gibson, who is going to lose his job. But tough deal because it's just kind of scary. He was not in the hood, per se. He was in northeast Washington, where it gets a little sketchier as you go east of the city. But he was apparently at a restaurant there and attracted the attention of two youths, they said, with shoulder-length dreadlocks. Made sure not to mention skin color or race. But they are two youths with shoulder-length dreadlocks. Uh, Police found the gun a couple blocks away. They've traced it through an ATF database. Yada, yada, yada. We'll see if anything comes of it, but consider himself lucky. Speaking of crime in cities, there's a wild story out of Baltimore that a city block in Baltimore threatened to shut down, or not shut down, they threatened to shoot up a television crew that was going to shoot a scene in a show on their block and that they would only call it off if they paid this drug warlord $50,000. Put a pin in that. Remind me to talk about that with Jay tomorrow. But pretty much the producers of the show said, yeah, you know what? We, we can replicate Baltimore somewhere else. And in Indy, I saw a story where a Dutch special forces soldier who was in America, in Indianapolis, staying at a hotel, going to a um, <clears throat> special ops conference, I guess, was shot and killed outside his hotel. I'm thinking, this is a Dutch special operations forces soldier. He's not staying in some dive on the outskirts of town. That's crazy. Is it out of control or is it just me? Dr. Leanna Wen. Tell me when it's okay to realize you were fucking wrong. CNN medical analyst who fiercely advocated masking now admits it harmed her own son's development. Dr. Leanna Wen, W-E-N, who for two years was one of the strongest advocates for masks and masks in schools, not just that, but vaccines. 
she actually tweeted, if you're not vaccinated, you should not be allowed to leave your house. Fuck her. Well, guess what? She has now flipped entirely and said she's come to the realization that masks don't work in stopping the spread of COVID and declared the decision to wear one should shift from a government mandate to an individual choice, but now admits that forcing her child to wear one harmed his development. Excuse me while I say, <laughs> I mean, it sucks for the kid. I'll be honest. The kid's an innocent victim here, but fuck her. That's the best story I've seen. See, this is why I told you it had to be a solo show today because n- nobody wants parts of this stray bullets of truth. My bandolier of haha, fuck you. But she was definitely one of the ones who made my blood boil and she got so much run and so much exposure. Hmm. Okay, then. At the tour championship, I don't know if you noticed this, Paul Azinger talked a lot about the money. McElroy wins $18 million for winning the FedEx Cup championship. Oh, one more thing. Did anyone miss the complicated? Well, if Rory finishes top three and then Sung JM finishes below him, and then if there is no one uh, within the bottom 10 that climbs up to the top 10, he'll get enough points. He'll... No, nobody missed that. Staggered start makes perfect sense. It made for a very enjoyable watch on Sunday. McElroy wins the Tour Championship, $18 million bonus. That's up from the $10 million bonus it used to be when it first started 10, 15 years ago. And you pile that on to the $8 million he won during the course of the season. The $26 million represents a new high watermark for most money made in a single season on the PGA Tour. While you do that for four years, you could make $100 million like Cam Smith is going to make from going to the Live Tour. Although, looks like Hideki is staying. It looks like Cam Young is staying. So, maybe this money that Jay Monahan found is going to keep them back in it. But back to the money. So, because Scheffler vomited all over himself and finished in a tie for second, he had to split second place with Sung J.M., a mere $5.75 million. Had he finished first or second, Scheffler, he would have had $10 million. So that bogey on 18 for Scheffler was a $5 million bogey. And Azinger kept bringing this up during the broadcast, and I love it. You know why? Because it's money. Everybody needs money. There's nothing wrong with playing for money. These guys are professionals. And I can think that they're going, you know, I've already got $50 million in the bank. I'm going to make another $30 million at least before I'm done golfing, but this putt is worth a million dollars. I kind of want to make it. Xander Shoffley made $4 million. Max Homa, Justin Thomas split $2.75 each. Sepp Straka, who's quietly had a good year, and Patrick Cantlay made $1.7. Tony Finau, $1.2. And Tom Hoagie, or Hoge, I don't even know how they pronounce his name, a million dollars for finishing alone in one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh place. Yeah, the PGA Tour is still a pretty good place to play, even if the money is not guaranteed. Taylor Swift fans are absolutely losing it over the fact she's coming out with a new album. Take a listen to this particular fan. I know that I'm insane. I know that I'm insane, okay? 
But so, Taylor Swift, lovely looking, late twenties, early thirties woman. I I think we're I think we're the same. Like I am not kidding. This is the announcement. the The album is called Midnights. Okay, I'm I'm already crying. I'm literally crying. This is what she put. We lie awake in love and in fear, in turmoil and in tears. We stare at walls and drink until they speak back. We twist ourselves. I'm going to cry my fucking eyes out. I can't even read this whole thing. <laughs> we twist in our self-made cages and pray that we aren't right this minute about to make some faithful life-altering mistake. This is a collection of music written in the middle of the night. A journey through terrors and sweet dreams. The floors we pace and the demons we face. I can't see through the fucking tears. I'm losing it. For all of us who have tossed and turned and decided to keep the lanterns lit and go searching, hoping that this may be when the clock strikes 12, we will meet ourselves. Midnight's the stories of 13 sleepless nights scattered throughout my life will be out October 21st. I am... <laughs> I didn't even hear that music yet. <laughs> you guys, we don't deserve this bitch. We don't deserve her. You guys, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm losing my the shit. Like, I swear, I'm, I know I took an edible, but like, the the shows oh my god, okay. I hope the album slaps. I'm a T Swizzle fan, but I want Taylor to get back to the meat of her best writing and best songs. We're talking Speak Now, Red. 1989 there it is right there you make another new romantics now we're talking the fact that i got to see this live in a pop-up concert in houston she came out to this it's fantastic the great brent boydston Got me a ticket to this because his company, H&R Block at the time, had tickets. It was so fucking great. Middle-aged man just sitting there watching a Taylor Swift live pop-up concert in 2018. She closed with Shake It Off, and that was also a fantastic finish. But yeah, that's the Taylor Swift I want to see come back. So we'll see if this Midnight's album is any good. And I know that many people like her more recent albums, but, you know, tastes do vary. All right, that's a wrap for me today. Boy, we covered a lot of ground. We end on something sweet and innocent. And there is a lot of hard truth in today's podcast, a lot of things that make people uncomfortable, like me saying, you know, a punter might be a gang rapist, but I would still have him play and be convicted or charged later instead of kicking him out of the league and firing him based on accusations. It's just my logical brain working right there. And yeah, I was kind of vindictive about Leanna Wen. I'm sad that her kid has suffered a developmental delay, but again, for her, no mercy whatsoever. Fuck her to the moon and everyone else who brought such misery and pain on the rest of team reality and team sanity and team freedom for the last two years plus. Okay. I have a few spots still available in the Whiskey Premium League at Maddie's in New Berlin. So if you want in, email me, zabe at yahoo.com, zabe at yahoo.com, and say I'm committed. You know the deal, $150 bottle plus. Got to be there in person. It's Thursday night, 6 p.m., and it should be a lot of fun. GuillotineLeagues.com is the place to go to sign up for your league today. All right, that's a wrap for today. Thanks for listening. 
Hope that wasn't too much truth for you to handle. Have a great Tuesday, and I will see you tomorrow. This tour was one of those remarkable moments in time when everything felt exciting. Winning season has officially returned, and with NFL Preseason Live, there are plenty of opportunities to win at MyBookie. Whether you're a season better or a first-timer, MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. To claim your bonus, sign up and use promo code ZABE on your first deposit, and you'll instantly double your money with MyBookie. It's simple. 250 puts $500 in your account, and you can use your funds to bet on as many individual games, contests, or props as you want. Bet on team win totals. Predict the Super Bowl winner. Use the MyBookie Prop Builder to give yourself the edge you need to secure the bag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.